0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. On June 18th at the Bread Shed in Manchester, Catch Pro Wrestling starts The Renaissance, featuring the long-awaited Red Belt title match between Lizzie Evo and Chantal Jordan. In Lizzie's first defense of her now epic reign, Chantal looked to have the match won, but for a foot under the ropes. It's been a long journey back to this point for Jordan and she finally gets the one-on-one clash she's been looking for for nearly two years. Will Lizzie's reign end just as it closes in on 700 days? Other talented featuring on the show will include Emerson Jane, Lana Austin, Rio, Ivy, Sapphire Reed, Lucy Skye, Debbie Dharma, Violet Vendetta and more to be announced. June 18th at the Breadshed, Manchester. Evo versus Jordan. Head to catch pw.bigcartel.com and use the code STARCAST for 10% off. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Startup Cast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast where we talk all things about the fantastic professional wrestling company that is Stardom and we do it in a positive and what I like to think fun manner. I am your host for this episode. My name is Matt Turner and unfortunately we are not joined by my good friend and your good friend, one Mr. Rob Goodwin. Rob texted me earlier today. He's a little bit under the weather. So um, he asked me if I can do this one solo. Absolutely so. I'm going to be flying this plane solo, folks, so I hope you all enjoy this solo podcast episode. I apologize for any inconvenience, and I hope you enjoy taking this trip on the Stardomcast with me for this week, as uh, we wish Rob well. Um, it's nothing major. He just has a migraine headache that he does get from time to time. So I told him, hey, man, rest up. We have a lot of recording to do over the next few uh, few days and few weeks. So rest up and I will handle this one myself. Not a problem at all. So I appreciate you folks bearing with us this week as uh, just hear my uh, my fantastic uh, tones here on the stardom cast. We do have a lot to get through, folks. Um, Obviously, we are going to be talking about all the stuff coming up on the Patreon, everything we dropped from this past week and everything coming up uh, next week and the end of the month as well. Um, also, we're going to be reviewing the few shows that are up on Stardom World as of yesterday morning. I know the um, uh, yesterday of as of last night, as of uh, the uh, the 16th, I'm recording this on the 17th. I saw that the show from May 7th just went up. I believe this morning. I only got through the first three matches, so I won't be reviewing that entire show. Uh, we will be reviewing New Blood 8. And then, obviously, the main event of this show will be Himika's retirement ceremony, as that is the only thing that went up on Cork and Hall, from the Cork and Hall show from the 14th of May. And um, kudos to Stardom and Stardom World for getting at least that segment up ASAP, so we all can enjoy it. And the segment, if you've seen it, uh, the segment is well over an hour long, and it is fantastic. And that'll be the main event of this show. As we talk about the final farewell from the Jumbo Princess herself, Himika. What a a retirement. And uh, again, we'll get into more of that later. Um, But before we get into all of that, all the shows and news and reviews and all that fancy stuff, just want to give a shout out to our new sponsor. Uh, It is Catch Pro Wrestling over in Manchester, England. They have a show coming up june the 18th at the bread shed in manchester renaissance and this is going to be headlined by the main event as lizzie evo will be taking on uh, Chantel jordan Uh, lizzie evo is the champion over at catch pro wrestling and she's coming up on 700 days as champion so uh, that's a heck of a feat and this is a rematch from one of the first title defenses in lizzie's championship reign and uh, also on this show, you will see names such as Lana Austin, Rio, Ivy, Lucy Sky, Debbie Dahmer, and Violet Vendetta. I love that name, Violet Vendetta. That's a really, really cool name. Reminds me of that Vendetta comic uh, that came out maybe about 15, 16 years ago. So. It's uh folks, a lot of this stuff is near and dear to my heart. Number one, it's pro wrestling. That that's gonna check a, a box right there. Number two, another thing that's gonna check the box for me, women's professional wrestling. I'm sure all but you all by know know by now that I am obviously an advocate for women's professional wrestling, or else they wouldn't be doing this podcast. Um two, I did have I have seen some of the stuff on YouTube. And uh, some of the clips in this wrestling company does have a lot of promise and a lot of potential. So, a uh, big fan of that. Big fan of anybody getting in the ring. Like Roddy Piper says, anybody that answers the bell, I have the ultimate respect for. So, that checks the box. And immediately, something that checks the box for me is uh, the name, Catch Pro Wrestling. Catches Catch Can Pro Wrestling, which uh, pretty much originated and was perfected over in England. Uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart. I do spend quite a bit of time learning uh, catch pro wrestling over at the snake pit USA in New Jersey. And, uh, it's my favorite form of grappling as much as I like, you know, I like the judo and the jiu jitsu. you know, I've done a little bit of that, but I'm a huge, huge advocate for catch uh, catches catch can professional wrestling. And if you're ever in an MMA gym or any gym, and there's somebody that knows, uh, it's worth their salt that knows a little bit about catch pro wrestling by all means. Um, do what you can to do to get a lesson because uh, Catch's Catch Can Pro Wrestling, to me, in my opinion, is the number one form of grappling. So, um, if you head over to catchpw.bigcartel.com for tickets and use the code STARCAST, S-T-A-R-C-A-S-T, 10% off your order. And, uh, folks, what I'll be doing is on my social medias, I will be uh, retweeting this and posting uh, everything I possibly can. To uh, to get Catch Pro Wrestling over in Manchester, England To help it get as big as possible Because I, like I always say at the end of each episode this you know We're all in this together We're all just trying to grow together There's no reason why we all can't help each other So I'm super excited to see how this show is going to go Coming up in about one month's time Over there in Manchester, England Okay folks um, There's an old saying that uh, Bad things come in threes and uh, the uh, the world of stardom is no, no uh, exception to this. Uh, we had one. We had Himika's retirement. Again, we'll obviously be talking about that towards the end of the show. Number two, we had Hana's theme change, which we, um, you know, it's it just breaks our hearts. Even though the new one is pretty good, it is pretty catchy as well. It is catching on to me, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it might be time to let that one go, but that's number two. And number three. Apparently, from the press conference that we saw last week, our sweet, sweet Nazi boy all of a sudden has a foul, foul mouth, a potty mouth, uh, as we say in my household. Um, if you've seen the press conference, you know what I'm talking about. Her and Tech led to hype up the Artists of Stardom Championship match between Restart and Donald Del Mundo. Um, kind of got into it a little bit with um, a lot of basically just F-bombs being dropped left and right. Something I expect from Tekla, obviously she's uh, pretty much like the death metal queen, but from sweet, sweet, innocent Natsupoy dropping that many F-bombs, kind of, you know, kind of broke my heart a little, Natsupoy. Unbelievable, just uh, terrible. I mean, maybe Tekla was influencing in there, maybe she was golden her a little bit, but, you know, the sweet, sweet Natsupoy, sweet, innocent Natsupoy dropping F-bombs like they're going out of style. You know, I was just thinking about this about two weeks ago. My daughter had her senior prom. I was kind of thinking, boy, how fun it would be to go to the prom with, like, the members of the stardom roster. You know, you'd see Micah probably, like, spiking the punch. Hazuki kicking the DJ in the face if uh, there was a song playing that she didn't like. And I think Natsupoy would be, like, the funnest person to go to the prom with, right? She'd come out with her baton. She'd do that little no-hand flip thing that she does when the uh, when she does her entrance, you know, when the the, uh, the ring announcer calls her name. You know, we'd be doing the Meltier dance on the uh, on the floor, the Cosmic Angels dance on the floor. One minute, she's got long hair. The next minute, she's got short hair with the crown. I think Natsupoy would be like the perfect person to go to the prom with. But now after this press conference, folks, I don't think that you can take support to the prom. I know, you know, I did all my prom pictures, you know, way back when over my grandparents' house and couldn't have her there because she'd be dropping F-bombs on my mom and my sweet Aunt Marge. Couldn't have that. Can't have that. But... Uh, all kidding aside, uh, not so not so boys great. She really is an unsung hero in stardom the last two years and has just, uh, put on a lot of bangers here the last three or four months. And I am super excited for that match coming up at the end of the month at Flashing Champions. And that is a show that Rob and I will be previewing and, uh, giving our predictions, which we will more than likely, uh, have more than half of them wrong. So, uh, yeah, super excited, uh, for that. Um, yeah, let's get into the shows, shall we? Uh, First off, big thank you to a good friend, super uh, friend and fan of the show, uh, one Mr. Darren Chatton. Talk to Darren quite a bit. He does help us out with a lot of the numbers uh, as far as what stardom is drawing and uh, the house numbers. And Rob does a really good job doing his research. But um, obviously, Rob, again, sending me a message early this morning, asked Darren if he could help me out with the numbers and pretty much within about 15 or 20 minutes, gave me all the numbers for the shows that I'm going to be reviewing. So, as always, Darren, I uh, greatly appreciate your uh, your help on the numbers. Oh, you know, see, so this is where Rob comes into handy. I'm already all over the place. Let's go over the Patreon. I did. I, I literally wrote down a, a step by step to do list. Uh, let's go over what's going on on the Patreon. There is a lot going on. Uh, we just released this past Monday alternate commentary from Starting the Highest 2013. Yuzuki Ayakawa taking on Mako Satomura. And I've never seen that match before Uh, when Rob and I called it. That was the first time I've seen that match as a whole. And uh, if you like brutal striking, easy storytelling, and just hard-hitting action, that match is for you. Had an absolute blast calling that match. Also, uh, this past week, we did release, um, I did a review of all of Yuzuki's attempts at the Wonder of Stardom Championship, the White Belt. All five of her attempts. So Kairi uh, e versus Io versus Momo Watanabe versus Arissa Hoshinki. And of course, from just earlier this year versus Saya Kamatani. And um, I had a fantastic time going back, watching those matches, and a fantastic time recording that podcast. I wasn't sure how that was going to come off, to be honest with you, because the subject matter, you know, we've been doing the Patreon a little over a year now. And the subject matter is somebody that uh, is on the losing end. Of every single one of uh, those matches. So I wasn't sure how that was going to go about. And uh, as this recording, we just released that episode about 48 hours ago. And I've gotten loads and loads of positive feedback and positive response. So many of you uh, have reached out to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, tell me how much you love the Hazuki, her journey, her continued journey for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And uh, thank you, I really appreciate that. Cause kind of in the back of my head, this is something that I might want to do again. The subject matter, eating a whole bunch of losses, but at the same time, at that stage of her career, every single one of those matches, even though she lost, she comes out better than. Um, so again, wrestling's really the only sport that it's uh, that you can lose but really win. And Hazuki, even though she went 0-5, she really went 5-0. and So um, considering the fact that of all the positive responses I got from that Hazuki episode. I will be looking at uh, Momo Watanabe, all of her attempts for the Red Belt. That'll be going up on a Patreon poll sometime in the future, and as well as Jungle Kiona. Not enough Jungle Kiona love uh, on the Stardom cast, and I'm um, such a huge, huge fan of Jungle Kiona. I'm also going to be putting up on the Patreon poll sometime in the future uh, all of her attempts at the Wonder and World of Stardom Championship uh, as well. So uh, this was kind of the uh, the catalyst to see if it was going to work, and obviously, again, you know, within 48 hours, loads of positive responses so I thank you on that um speaking of Hazuki this uh, this coming up month this Monday coming up easy for me to say this week coming up next week uh, Rob and I will be releasing Hazuki versus Arisa Hoshiki for the Wonder of stardom Championship so I got to watch that match twice in about seven days and uh, this past time I watched it I literally we just watched it yesterday and recorded it yesterday was uh, Rob and I doing the alternate commentary. Had an absolute blast watching that match back. And again, another we've been getting over this past weekend, I got loads and loads of messages of everybody loving the alternate commentary, what we're doing on there. And, uh, you know, when that got done recording, I really felt that Rob and I hit our stride. I think that we do eat better each and every outing uh, with the alternate commentaries. Uh, just goes to show you, you know, you just got to keep getting reps in. And I thought, you know, if, if, if you folks are enjoying the alternate commentaries, I think this one that we just did, we just wrapped up recording uh, literally 24 hours ago as I'm recording this episode uh, between Hazuki, uh, and Arisa Hoshinki. I think that that was our best outing. One, the source material, you know, the uh, the, the lyrics that we're able to provide the, uh, the song to was absolutely fantastic. If you've seen that match, you know what I'm talking about, Arisa and Hazuki just absolutely go full blast at each other for about fifteen or sixteen minutes. I just uh, thought, uh, Rob and I, our our flow is uh, dead on perfect. It is I just think that we're getting better each and every time out there. So again, thank you everybody for uh, the fantastic comments and the support on that one. Um, next week on the show when we do this part of the uh, the Patreon, we are going to um, letting everybody know what we're doing for the month of June. Uh, as far as the uh, the what if, although um, oh, what if we're going to be releasing, obviously, um, at the end of, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, I apologize. By the end of this month, the uh, Suzu Suzuki, the bi-weekly podcast, Suzu Suzuki 2022 five-star Grand Prix. That'll be up on your feeds. I'm about halfway done with the homework on that. And uh, my homework, it's I have an absolute blast watching these matches. Uh, and then at the end of the month, the uh, the what if, the uh, the new uh, segment on this podcast, what if, Hazuki Beat Kamatani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I said about two weeks ago this uh, this month, the month of May is uh, intentionally like Huzuki Patreon month. So we got a lot of Hazuki uh, on this uh, this this uh, this month for the Patreon. I'm sure nobody's complaining as uh, who's Hazuki's fantastic. But anywho, uh, coming up next month, uh, we will review next week when we do this segment what we have going on next month for the month of June. We do know that uh, for the alternate commentary. We're going to be honoring the life and career of Hanukkah and we're also going to be honoring the career of Himika. So what Rob and I decided to do for the alternate commentary for the month of June, we'll both be picking one Hanukkah match, and we'll both be picking one Himika match to watch. And that'll give us the four weeks for the month of June that we will be releasing the alternate commentary, Um, and then we'll be releasing what our roundtable discussion is going to be and our what if, uh, what that'll be for the month of June. And as far as the bi-weekly podcast goes, uh, by the time you hear this, I might have the poll up on Twitter just to, um, just to kind of get ahead of kind of get ahead of schedule. In the states um, at the end of next week, we do have Memorial Day. So I do have some time coming off for work so uh, we can you know, with the holiday. So I want to take advantage. So probably by the time you listen to this, either Friday morning or maybe sometime on Saturday, um, just check out the Twitter. I will have the poll of what the options will be for the bi-weekly podcast for the month of June. Um, okay, I guess that is everything for the Patreon. As always, suggestions for what if, roundtable discussion, what Himika match you want us to review, or for the alternate commentary, what Hanukkah more match you want us to review for the alternate commentary. You know, let us know. We kind of have an idea where we want to go for the month of June, but we are always open to suggestions. So let's get into this show. From you're gonna go to May 3rd, in boy, I tell you what, this is where Rob's always the best. Simo Shinki, um, yeah, I probably butchered that in front of 341 people. And uh, the opening match was a three way, which saw May Sakurai get the win with the top rope elbow drop that Rob hates all so much against Furwaka and Aya Sakurai. Aya Sakurai is really improving at a fast rate, um, as well as Hanako as well which we'll get into, but I thought this was it was a good opener. You know, you have three wrestlers. You're only getting about five minutes. Um, it gave it the Gentleman's three stars, but I uh, really like the quick improvement already of Aya Sakurai, and they've really put her, I mean, she's on every show. She's wrestling, you know, the best wrestlers in the world and stardom, so she's only going to get better, so I'm super excited to see where she's going to be in the next 8 to 12 months. Match number two saw the O2 Mine team, the Queen's Quest team of Izumi and Miyu Hamasaki, Taking on Hanako, which I just talked about, and Jesse from Club Venus, which saw Azumi get the Azumi sushi on Hanako for the three count in nine minutes, 25 seconds. I thought this was really, really good, and the crowd really enjoyed this. That made the match so much better. Um, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki really gel well together. Miyu, Miyu who, um, you know, when she started coming off their first three or four matches, looked really, really good, and then she was kind of start stop with injuries. She seemed like maybe she was a little timid. To really go out there and kind of throw her her stuff out there, because maybe she was a little afraid of injuries. You know that happens time to time. You always hear boxers or MMA fighters that have fought for years that have never been knocked out, and then once they get knocked out like one time, it kind of changes. Uh, you know their career. I mean, look like a Chuck Liddell, uh, whatnot legend. But once Rampage Jackson broke that uh, broke that uh, iron wheel jaw, it was uh Chuck's career was pretty well uh downhill from there. Anywho, another story for another day. There's my MMA rant. But Miyu Amasaki is really, really improving here. Um, and, uh, you know, she's in there with the Izumi. Jesse looks great. Hanako is doing a fantastic job early on in her career. Um, this was terrific. Uh, and I would have had about three and a half stars, but I bumped up a quarter star to three and three-fourth stars just based on the crowd intensity in this match. And really, when you're in the ring, that's what you want to do. You really just want to make sure the crowd is enjoying themselves and you're giving themselves a great reaction and they go home happy from your match and uh, that's what they did Miyu Amasaki, another one in this absolutely stacked stardom roster that is just improving by leaps and bounds and she's just only gonna get better by being in the ring with the absolute best so i'm super excited to see where her career goes you know in the next six to eight months match number three absolute must-see match from this show this was great i text rob as soon as i got done watching this match saying hey i know we have so many shows to review pending on when stardom world does get uploaded but this is an absolute must-see match. Uh, saw the, uh, the former tag team champions, Black Desire, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe from Ouedo tie Defeating one of our favorite underneath tag teams that we hope so bad gets pushed to the top here in 2023. The stars team of Wingori, Saida, and Hana. Uh, this is really good. Wingori, they start out the match by using some double teams to get the advantage on the former tag champs. Uh, Momo Watanabe and Hana was excellent. And then we get some really good stuff with Starlight Kid and Hana. But where this match really shined for me, uh, you know, I like my hard-hitting wrestling, was Momo Watanabe and Saida just trading kicks and chops, chipped, uh, kicks and chops. Uh, that was really, really entertaining for me. You kind of knew, saw it coming. And once it, it came, it's like, oh, man, it's like, you know, you when you, you're at a steakhouse, if you like steak, and, yeah, you order your steak, and you know it's coming. As soon as it comes, you're just so happy because it's just, there it is right there, right? The main crux of the match, uh, but you also did get some really good double teamwork from both these teams, which I thought was really well. And the end of this match was just a super gross Momo Watanabe hitting a gross right on her head, inhumane driver driver to Sayida We say it all all the time on the show. Push Saito. I know this roster is stacked. Get her a handful of wins. Get Wingori a couple wins. Build them up. Get them a tag team title shot against the new heirs Mariah and Ami Story. We would love to see that. Hana's fantastic. Ah, uh, is she's just so good. You know, she's got she got no problem. You know, obviously she throws the chops and the lariats, and she got the Ida Bushi and the Ida Rock, and then she does like a Joe crazy muscle buster as well. When they uh, allowed her to put it, uh, you know, allow her to uh, you know get some Ws, but boy, she doesn't have any fear of taking these brutal kicks and forms and drop down her head because this in her main driver was something else. And and I know there's a lot going on in Stardom world. Uh, you know, they just released the, uh, the three-way from Sakura Genesis with the Zumi Hazuki and, uh, Mercedes Monet. So, um, if you're kind of picking and choosing where you want to go and what matches you want to watch, this is an absolute must-watch math match. It only goes eight minutes and 29 seconds. I, I, and I gave it four stars. This was great, and I hope they run this match back with a little bit more time. Just absolutely terrific. Match number four, is so saw the Queen's Quest team of Lady C, Sai Kamatani, Tommy Haishista, defeating kind of the makeshift team of Yuna May Meisara, and Suzu Suzuki when Saya catches Yuna Mizumura with the her frankenstein or pin combination for 3, 9 minutes and 20 seconds. is really solid work. Nice to see Queen's Quest get a win here. As they're teasing a little bit of a breakup here, they even teasing in the Himika Retirement Match, again, which will uh, get in towards the main event here of the podcast. So nice to see them get a win here. Suzu Suzuki and Sarah work really, really well together. And Rob mentioned as a joke, but he might be right. Maybe they're just teaming May up with Suzu Suzuki to get Suzu uh, for that tag league run at the end of the year with a uh, Fukin Death, Tequila Death. There it is, you know, TD touchdown as we say here in the states. So, uh, uh, really good stuff. Unimisamora was another one that really impressed me on these uh, these shows as well. Again, an absolutely loaded stardom uh, rostering we don't talk that she's been on a lot of the stardom shows over the last five or six months so i wonder if she's like signed or if she just like has her number one commitment but she's looked really well in these matches as well and it's suzu suzuki we got to see her with Sai Kamakani we got to see her mix it up with the uh, yutami i thought that stuff was really good and i mentioned before on the patreon that i'm just about uh putting the finishing touches on the suzu suzuki 2022 five-star run i watched yesterday the Suzu versus Sae Kamatani match. Uh, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We thought that was a match that we were going to get for the white belt down the roads. And Suzu did get the win there. But uh, obviously, Sai Kamatani, her Kamatani, uh, <laughs> her deck was stacked up anyway. But uh, regardless, really, really good stuff. The May Sarah stuff's really good. I like how she works the foot. Like, she's a high-speed wrestler. And she's one of the fastest in the company. And what she does early on, it's like, she'll stomp on the foot. It'd be like, give herself even a bigger advantage. And that's something that I've actually seen Azumi do. You know, kind of going back, watching some matches from late last year, I've seen Azumi like, stomp on the foot. I'm like, well, I wonder if she got that from May Sarah. Or did May steal it from Azumi? That I'm not sure of. But regardless, I think it's a really cool little psychology spot. Like, hey, I'm going to even get even a faster advantage. Uh, again, three and three fourth stars. Match number five saw the Meltier team, Tam Nakano and Natsupoi, taking on the team of Saki Kashima and Natsutoro, representing a Vuedo tie. Ah, uh, with Natsupoi hitting Saki with the Ferial Gift in nine minutes thirty-three seconds, solid match. Three and three, four stars. Thought so this is really good. Um, Natsuko Torres, she's another one that ever since coming back from her injury, you know, she was out over a year when she blew that blew her knee out on that uh, that World of Star Championship match with Utami back in twenty twenty one, and uh, she's another one that's been absolutely crushing it that we just don't give enough flowers to enough credit for. Uh, she looked really really good here in this match, really just brutalizing Tam in some spots. Um And then obviously, uh I like how whenever the in these Meltier matches, when one of them, either Tam or Natsapoy, gets into trouble, they do like one or two double teams and swings the door advantage back for Meltier. Shows that uh, why they were the tag champs for as long as they were. Wish they had a longer run, but obviously they had bigger plans for one miss, Tam Nakano, the current Red Belt champion. Another uh, solid match. Match number six saw the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa, Mariah May. Wakasukiyama and Xena defeat the God's Eye team. Excuse me, I have that one wrong. Uh, they lost the God's Eye team of Shiri, Amisori, uh, Kunami, and Mirai when we saw Amisori hit the Blue Thunder Bomb on Xena. Uh This was another really, really solid match. We didn't get enough Shiri versus Mina here. I thought maybe that would be something they would kind of maybe tease a little bit. But uh, I think Konami, well, she's been on a lot of shows lately. You know, she had her kind of her, uh, the end of 2021 with that match with Julia that Unofficial, official, unofficial Mar tribute match. She kind of uh, said she didn't take time away. She came back during Golden Week last year. And then we've noticed last three or four months, she's been on a lot of shows, even doing some more singles matches. So maybe we'll get more of a full-time Konami as the uh, summer rolls around. And maybe we'll get her in the five-star Grand Prix because this roster just absolutely loading up. Not only as this roster loaded up, but everybody's getting so much better i love it. it's like a konami vs saaii a 10 12 minute match a konami vs Miyu amasaki match a konami vs mina Shirakawa. a lot of really really good stuff uh, that, uh, that we can see um i did enjoy how uh, amisori and mirai they really separated themselves in this match with their teamwork makes sense it's a tag team match they are the goddess of stardom tag team champions so uh, by proxy they are the number one team in all of stardom so i like how they use that to get their advantage um and then the Shiri Konami teamwork was just basically them kick sandwiching uh, everybody where, you know, back before him, a lot of Himika talk on this podcast, back before Himika's retirement, you would see Mike and Himika, they would do the layered sandwich where we've been seeing Konami and Shiri doing the kick sandwich, which uh, brings a smile to my face. All in all, though, solid match, again, three and three fourth stars. The main event saw the uh, team of Mayu Otani, Hizuki, and Kogama taking on the uh, the stars team. Uh, taking on and defeating the Donald DelMundo team of Micah, Tecla, and Julia. Um, This match was just nuts. I mean, right from the get-go, we're seeing more of a, uh, I'm not going to say heelish, more of a aggressive tweener, Donald Del Mundo. And as soon as the bell rang, we saw this because it turned out to like an a widow tie all over the place brawl. And then... uh Mayu decides to climb up on the stardom bus, which you kind of like, why is it in the building? And you get to think like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's just for the fans for a photo op, you know, to go by the stardom bus and take a picture. That's what you're kind of disguising it as. You know, that's the uh, the magic trick you don't want people to see. But uh, you should know darn well this. From what I understand, this is the building that Mayu saw her first wrestling show, which I believe was a Dragon Gate show. Uh, if I'm wrong, please correct me. And uh, really where it kind of changed her life around. Her, so her brother brought her to a uh, a wrestling show, which, again, I believe was a Dragon Gate show. And right then, right from there, in that building, she decided she wanted to become a professional wrestler. And uh, kind of a building that changed all of our lives. You know, if you listen to this show, you're obviously a huge fan of stardom. And stardom would not be what it was today. Or may not be existence without the icon, without one Mayu Yotani. But so when Mayu decides, since this is the building that's probably the biggest influence on her. She decides to go on the top of this bus into a picture perfect dive onto everybody, and on, you know, on on all the members of stars. Donald Del Mundo. There might have been a few of the trainees there as well, but boy, it was scary. But uh, they did a great job catching her. She's just absolutely nuts. And then um, <laughs> that match stays crazy. You get the three way boot scrapes from Koguma, Hazuki, and Mayu. Um, and then uh, we get some really stiff strikes with Hazuki and Julia. Really, uh, you know, giving me a little bit of a flashback to the night one main event of the five-star Grand Prix, one of the best matches on one of the best tournament shows ever. Really good stuff there. Um, everybody is, I mean, the crowd is just so hot for this match. Again, this is another, this this is, this is another must-see match. I mentioned Wingory versus Black Desire. As great as that was, the crowd was a little bit more into this and it gave him a little bit more time. Eventually, we get the 3 drop dropkick on Port Tekla and then Mayu follows up with the salt. Four stars. So yeah, go out of your way to see two matches on the show, this main event just for the pure chaos. Um, that is uh Mayu jumping off a giant bus. And they gets a replay. Sometimes start on these uh these you know quote unquote road to house shows. Doesn't get a replay, but this that giant dive sure does, and then a match that I don't think a lot of people are gonna talk about, but go out of your way to see it. It's less than ten minutes long. Moment wants an omni side like kid taking out Saeida and Hana. We will move on, folks, to uh the show that took place May 5th in Kunamoto. Again, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh in front of 404 people, the opener, Sahana get the win over Aya Sakurai and Starlight Kid with the Hana special on Aya um hitting the Hana Hana special on Aya Sakurai for the three count. Again, Aya Sakurai, they're putting her in there with Hanen, who, even though she's only 18 years old, she wrestles like she's a ten year vet. Starlight Kid's one of the best, not only in stardom, but uh, in the world as well. And Starlight Kid, you can just tell, just from her entrance alone, the way she acts with the fans. she's literally a day away from being a top baby face If they want to pull the trigger on Starlight Kid, uh, she's just so good. So good and so endearing to the crowd. Like, what's to dislike? But again, Aya Sakurai, she's only going to be improving when she's in the ring with a likes of Han and Starlight Kid. Three and a quarter stars. Match number two saw the O2 line team getting another win. Um, as Izumi and Miyu uh, Amasaki defeats Hanako and Amisori. So again, you got two more powerhouses against the, uh, the two speed wrestlers. When um, we see Hanako, um, Miyu Amasaki getting the inside leg O'Connor roll on Hanako for uh, the three count in eight minutes, 49 seconds, three and a quarter stars. Um, my one note here is O2 line. They're getting so, so good together. And uh, maybe once, you know, I think at the end of the month I think Azumi is going to be dropping that high speed championship and that three way with uh Fukin Death and Saki Kashima. But maybe when they're building Azumi up in the in the spring and summer towards the uh, one of the two bigger belts, maybe they'll give uh Azumi Miyu Amasaki, you know, a nice little uh tag tag run. I'm not saying they'll win the tag belts, but I wouldn't mind seeing them getting a whole bunch of wins. I'd love to see Azumi Miyu versus uh Wingori. I think that'd be a great match. Maybe they put that as like a co-main event on a new blood show. You know, you want to sell tickets and pop YouTube views? There you go. Um, Ami Sori looked really good here, but I think she did a good job staying out of the way, letting Hanako get some of the work in here to get her some more reps. Um Again, the double team work from Miyu and Azumi was really, really on point here. And I'm super excited to see where they go with these two. Uh Match number three saw the dominant team of Micah and May Sakurai defeating the... uh The Club Venus team of Jesse and Mina, Uh, Mike and Mina, they just, maybe that's where they're going to be going somewhere soon because the whole crock of the match only went uh, 8 minutes, 41 seconds. But really the main meat of the match was Mina and Micah. And they had some really good chemistry together. It's just the two of them kind of just clubbing, just beating the crap out of each other. Eventually Micah hits the uh, Mijinoko driver on Jesse for the three count. Three and a quarter stars. Again, not one that uh, go out of your way to see, but there is some interesting things things that I think they're building up with a very aggressive Micah and a very heelish Mae Sakurai but uh, especially Micah and Mina they had some flashes in the match they got enough to get you and just kind of wet your beak a little but not enough to give away the farm and I really liked how they did that there so um, and it's really interesting how they've been building up Club Venus, they did a great job as soon as they came in, they built them up, they weren't eating many or any losses really Mina wins the Wonder of Stardom Championship but now they're trying to break them down a little where they're starting to lose uh, some of these bigger tag matches against, you know, Micah. Obviously, it's a big star in the company, somebody that they're really, really invested. In, especially now that, uh, that she has this, you know, the new red hair and this new, uh, you know, red ass, badass attitude. Um, it's interesting to see where they're gonna go with her from here. But I would love to see a Micah versus Mina Shirakawa, a Wonder Stardom Championship match. I bet you. Mark these words, folks. I bet you, sometime in the summer, we're gonna get that match on one of the 18 pay-per-views that is going to give us between now and the five-star. Match number four saw the God's Eye team of Mirai, Shuri, and Konami defeat the Club Venus team. Here it is. Oh, they lost two in a row here. Of Xena, Waka, and Mariah May, Mirai taps out Waka with the double wrist lock. At 12 minutes, 28 seconds, three and a half stars. Uh, the Xena-Suri stuff was really good, and then that paired off into Waka and Konami. Um, I thought the Waka and Konami stuff was really, really good back and forth, how Konami was trying to use her strikes to isolate Waka, but Waku, Waka was just trying to maybe catch a leg or catch an arm to roll Konami up. So There's a really, really good story Uh, there, and Mariah May, said every week on the podcast, I'm going to say it again, she just is improving leaps and bounds, not only on her character work, and not only on her entrance, but what she does in the ring. Both on an offensive and a defensive way as well. She's great job selling, great job feeding, great job making her opponents look better than they already do, and she makes sure that uh, her stuff looks good as well. and um, Konami, like I said in the day before, kick sandwich on poor Waka, uh, and then and if that's not bad enough, uh, Waka decides to eat. Not decides, Mariah decides to deliver several layers to Waka that eventually sets up the double wrist lock. Again, another fun match. Glad it got the time that it did. Match number five saw the Uedotai team of Mumu Watanabe, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Natsukotora defeating the Stars team of Mayu Yutani, Saeida, Hazuki, and Kogama when Saki catches Kogama in the Kishi Kasai, 11 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, this is really good. I had this at 3 and three fourth Stars. I like how you kind of figured the Stars team would get the win here because you have Mayu, who obviously is the Star of Stars, pun intended, You have Hazuki and Koguma, the former, uh, you know, FWC, the former two-time goddess champions. And uh, is fantastic as well. But this makes sense. They're building Saki Kashima up towards another shot at the high-speed championship. And I thought it made sense how her and Koguma, towards the end, they did a little high-speed flash pins back and forth. And Saki getting the pin over Koguma, the high-speed genius. I thought that was a really good way to pump Saki up. Um, Hizuki of course is super intense here. Uh, the Saya, uh, Saya and Momo stuff, even though it wasn't as much as I'd like for it to be, it was still violent. You got the Hizuki versus Momo Watanabe violence. However, they were kind of overshadowed by the violence done by Natsukotora Tora Saya as well. Again, kind of two unsung heroes in this crazy stacked stardom roster. I thought their stuff was the best stuff of the match. And they did a great job kind of mowing down the violence and then shifting the violence over to uh, some high-speed stuff to highlight Saki Kashima. Really great booking on this match. Match number six, the co-main event of the show, saw the makeshift team of Suzu, Suzuki, and Maysair, which I'm loving this team, uh, defeating the uh, Donald Mundo team of Julia and Tekla. Tekla, if you remember, is about this year, about this time last year, she had a shot at Izumi's high-speed championship. I believe that's the match she injured her shoulder, her tricep, that eventually kept her on the shelf, and she missed the five-star. So Tekla gets in the with and they have like a mini high-speed match. I thought that was really, really good. Um, And then we get some stuff with Suzu Suzuki and Julia, just enough, again, to kind of wet the beak a little. Don't know where they're going with that one there. Obviously, they have the fantastic match, the five-star final, at the end of uh, in, in October. And then they had that really, really good uh, World of Stardom Championship match at the anniversary show at Nagoya Supreme Fight. A match that, every time I watch it, gets better and better and better. So, they did a good job kind of teasing that there as well. In tackling, Suzu Suzuki had a really good run here, especially towards the end where eventually... Um, some really hard hitting just kicks bent forearms back and forth. Tecla really ramping up the intensity of these shows, especially this match. Especially with somebody like Suzu Suzuki. Like we had you know, we've been mentioning on the show these past few weeks that uh that the Don Damondo team is getting more aggressive. And Tekla is, we've I've noticed it in these these two shows here. She's really aggressive with her strikes. She's really getting more cocky and comfortable with her persona, and really pouring on the aggression, which I really really enjoy. Kind of fits her personality so much better, and she's really trying to fill out better as a character and a performer. Which, again, you know, I will take all day every day. Great final like two minutes with her and Suzu Suzuki. Uh, eventually Suzu pins Tekla with the tequila shot. Thirteen minutes twenty one seconds three and three fourth stars we get to the main event of the show the yuna mizamuro homecoming match as yuna teams with meltier tamakano not support, to defeat the queen's quest team of Utami it's just that lady c and say when yuna Mizumura pins lady c with a top rope splash 13 minutes 50 seconds uh, i would have had this at three and a half stars but hot crowd bumps it up for me there's your bonus points three and three fourth stars um that stuff was really good. You had Meltier double-teaming Lady C in the beginning to get the early advantage. Uh, Yuna had a great sequence with Sai Kamitani, which then sets up a great sequence with Natsupoi and Sai Kamitani. You remember their Wonder of Stardom Championship match from, uh, I believe, February of last year. It was an absolutely fantastic show-stealing match. One of the best matches of last year from how many great matches Sai Kamitani had for that Wonder of Stardom Championship. Um, And then we get some stuff. Speaking of great matches for the Wonder of Star Championship from last year uh, from night one of World Climax, um, excuse me, night two of World Climax, Sayak, Kamatani, and Tam Nakano. They have a great sequence there. Those two can't miss as well. Again, Yuna really, really steps up her game here. We get some mini double teams, mini teamwork with Aphrodite versus Meltier. That was a a match that I would love to see for the uh, Goddess of Star Championship. Back when Tam and Natsupoi were the champions. But, uh, hey, sometimes you can't always get what you want. But you can get what you need. And what we need here was a solid match. Uh, again, Lady C, her stuff looked really, really good here. And uh, Lady C did a top rope. I wish Rob was here. I literally circled and highlighted this on my notes. I wish he, he was here so I can brag about this one. Lady C did the top rope Baba Chop. Not great Kali Chop, Rob. He, she did the top rope Baba Chop, which is. Uh, she should put that as her finisher. That should be her new super finisher. So uh, all in all, solid show. And let's go to the show that happened last Friday. New Blood Eight. Uh, probably in my opinion, the most note-loaded New Blood card. As I'm going through my notes here, um, you probably hear the pages turning. As I uh, just because there it is, found it. Ah, uh, this show took place May twelfth. Uh, obviously, 2023 in front of 407 people. It looked like it was a loaded stack show. Uh, probably um, like I just mentioned, probably my favorite new blood show of the eight. Um, and they did a great job loading the show up and then kind of giving you know the way that the uh, card structure was as well. Uh, they did a perfect job, really putting the uh, the card structure together. Match number one saw Waka defeat Ayasakurai with the reverse X uh X factor. Uh, we saw Waka locking in a rear naked choke. So we're getting some uh, some submissions out of Waka. Uh, this was a fine match. Good opener. Didn't go too long. Three stars. Match number two. This was fantastic. was the sisters versus the sisters. We had the Innova sisters taking uh, Hana and Hina. Uh, we've seen Hana and Hina even though uh, Hana's obviously in stars. And Hina is obviously in Queen's Quest. We've seen them team a few times on these new blood shows. And they're really, really good together. Obviously, if, you, uh, if you're if you listening to uh or if you're a part of our patreon i did hana's uh her complete future of stardom championship run where the best match in my opinion of that run was the 15 minute draw she went with the tomoka Inaba, and uh, they kind of revisit that stuff there there's some really good sequences there and tomoka's younger sister she's great i mean she's only been wrestling only a handful of months maybe five six months if that um, considering the fact that Tomoka is, I think, the oldest person in this match at like 19 or 20 years old, <laughs> just goes to show you the youth movement in Joshi Wrestling. Uh, this was great. I, I hope they run this back. Obviously, went to a time limit draw. They, I think they just kind of tease a little bit what they can do. Uh, the Really, the main crux and story of this match was basically karate versus judo. So you had striking versus grappling. They did a really good job playing that up. 15 minute time limit draw. Obviously, we'll see a little bit more from the Inaba sisters later on in the night. Match number two is Suzu Suzuki and May defeating the uh, team of May Sakurai and Chan Yoda. When Suzu Suzuki gets the tequila shot on May Sakurai for the three count, I uh, had this at three and a half stars. This is some really good uh, stuff here. May Sakurai really does a great job. She get they give her more time, and I know they're she's getting a little bit of a push now with her ladyship gimmick. And the fact that she's uh, cutting promos after matches win, lose, or draw, her and Chan Yoda have a really good chemistry together. We've seen in the New Blood Tag Tournament, but they do they do a good job giving May Sakurai a little bit more time and focusing on her in these New Blood shows because she's not lost in the shuffle of being in there with a the Julia, Mika, depending on who's on the other side, you know, Mayu Hazuki, Utami, so on and so forth. So, uh, they do she does a great job maximizing every second she has in the ring here. There's some really good uh, sequences with the two Mays. Uh, I thought that was some really fun stuff. We saw May Sakurai on her horse a little bit here, maybe a little high speed action there. Suzu Suzuki though, the end of the match, she just ramped up. She's just a machine, just suplexing and forming and kicking everybody. Again, hitting uh, the tequila shot on May Sakurai for the three count. Three and a half stars. We go to match number four: Momu Watanabe versus Miyu Amasaki. When we previewed the show last week, I told Rob, this is a match I was really looking forward to. I know this wasn't going to be any, like, four-and-a-half-star classic, but Momo Watanabe terrific. Miyu Amasaki is improving by leaps and bounds these last two or three months. So this was something I was really looking forward to, and I absolutely love this. I mean, uh, Momo knew she was going to bring the fight, knew she was going to take it to the youngster. Um, you know, that's just her character and a way to tie You know, early in the match, we get the brawl. All throughout the building, and you know, basically just laying the kicks, and then Miyu just comes back, very much like she did with her match with Sherry uh, at I believe New Blood Premium, new New Blood Premium. Excuse me. Um, so she really did a great job bringing the fight here to uh to back to Momo. Uh, there's one spot uh, that Momo brings out the bat. They didn't do a good enough job turning the ref. I think Momo might have been taking too long at the time. But literally, the ref catches Momo with the bat shot. He even kind of looks at it like, come on. Um, I don't like that. Don't like cheating in front of the referee. But regardless, uh, Miu does a great job. She comes back with a handspring elbow. Uh, and She really stays aggressive on Momo's knee. Uh, doing the drop kick to the knee and doing that rolling knee bar that she does really well. She does a great job hooking it in. Ultimately, though, Momo winds up breaking out the Meteors. And then hits the inhumane driver for the three count. Three and three, four stars. Love this match. Love the progression. Miyu Amasaki. I love, love Momo Watanabe, who just 22 or 23 years old, is like such a seasoned bet, uh, taking the younger dresses under her wing, and she was able to give Miyu so much in this match, and made did a great job making Miyu look good. Uh, match number five, a match that Rob's really looking for, Nene Takahashi versus Ruaka, as uh, Nene gets the win over Ruaka with a series of lariats. Uh, basically, another passion injection match. These two were just Really hard-hitting, um, you know, in the words of Jim Ross, bowling shoe ugly, but in the best way possible. Just a hard-hitting match going back and forth. Nene Takahashi's doing a great job pulling out these younger wrestlers and just getting the most out of them. Obviously, we've seen it with Waka. We've seen it with Miyu Amasaki. Uh, I thought this match is really good as where uh, we've been seeing Ruka ever since the Tag League Tournament really picking up her game. And uh, it's on full display here. had sit 3-3, and 4-stars. Three, this is great. And I would love to see a Hana versus Nene Takahashi match. You know, she's done a great job pulling up this younger talent. Hana, who at 18 years old is like six, seven months away from being on the cuffs of getting like a Wonder or World to Start of Stardust Championship match. That I don't think anybody would complain about I'd love to see the Hana versus Nene Takahashi match uh, somewhere down the line. Match number six. We go to our first, our uh, one of two championship matches. This is, this show was was I, th- I like how they're they're doing this with the new blood tag team championships and the uh, future of stardom tag team champions uh, yeah tag team Champions. the future of stardom championship as we seems like we're getting title matches on these new blood shows now so now you're kind of uh you're, you're making these shows even more important so I think that's a great job but this was a great match as we saw Karma and Style Kid have their V one against Hanako and Lady C. This is an excellent match. Uh, Starlight Kid is the Momo Latch on Hanako for the three count. Uh, Karma and Starlight Kid are really good chemistry together. There's a reason why they put the New Blood Tag Team Championships on them. And it just goes to show you how great Starlight Kid as, is as an individual wrestler and a tag wrestler. Uh, obviously, earlier in her career, uh, the MK sisters, her and Mayu were terrific together. We've seen her and Momo Watanabe terrific together as a tag team, former uh, Goddess of Stardom Champions. And then her, Momo, and Sakakashima. Had a great run as the uh, Artist of Stardom trios champions. And now her her with Karma. So it just goes to show you, young, Starlight kid, not only is she great in the singles, uh, you know, as a singles wrestler, but tag team wrestler as well. Really, really good stuff here. Again, Hanako wrestles well above uh, her experience. And uh, Lady C is another one that's ever-improving. I thought this was really good. They did a great job building up. Um, you know, based almost like a David versus Goliath story, you know, you know, the much smaller, yet faster and more seasoned wrestlers, uh, maybe even a little more aggressive wrestlers and Starlight Kid and, Hanuk- Starlight Kid and uh, Karma. And then you know, kind of have the bigger, stronger powerhouses and, and Lady C and Hanako. Easy story to tell. And they did a great job telling the story. Again, three and three, four stars. After the match, we see the Iniba sisters come out and challenge for the new blood championship um, against Starlight Kid and Karma. And that is a match that is official that it will take place next month, New Blood 9. And, uh, of course, they had a press conference. And, of course, chaos ensued as Tomoka Inaba, after the challenge was accepted, decided a Mirko Crocop. There's my other MMA for reference. Mirko Crocop. Starlight Kid, right in the head. Uh, so, I thought it was like, well, you know, another uneventful, wink, wink, press conference from Stardom. Um, co-main event, uh, the future Stardom Championship, Amisori. Take on uh, Rena. Oh, um, Rob and I, we had the double lock on that last match and we actually got one right. So, uh, one in a row for us as uh, we were both were 100% sure that Karma and Starlight Kid would retain and they did. So, one in a row for us. This is a match that we did disagree on. Uh, Ami Sori defending the future of Stardom Championship against Rena. I did say I think that Rena would take the belt, just not yet. I think that they maybe would do a little more with Ami as the future of Stardom Champion and Rena um as much as uh, she's just so entertaining and so good in the ring at only 16 years old i thought maybe they would maybe break her down here just to build her back up a little bit and then maybe have her win the belt in three or four months time but they decided to pull the trigger on it a little earlier than i thought which was fine sorry that folks gotta get a little drink um but uh, i thought this match was great again you had the speed and the uh the quickness and maybe the uh, the of one Oedo Tai's Rena versus the strength and the power of Ami Really enjoyed how uh, Rena was working um, the arm here onto Ami Sori, which really sets up the finish uh, as she's going the uh, you know her version of the octopus. Then gets to where Ami Sori, just throwing bombs, chops, forearms, you know, slamming, you know, blue thunder bomb, and Oedo uh, Tai comes in for the interference, and this time much better than the Momo match distracts the ref and you have the two people that come in to beat up Ami is Tora and Momo which is genius booking because the reason why they had Tora and Momo there to uh, beat up Ami Sori again not in front of the referee the ref was blind the whole entire time have no problem with that cheating is because Nasako Tora and Momo Watanabe are next in line and will be challenging next week uh, Ami Sori and Mirai for the Goddess of Stardom Championship so you got a lot of stories told in this match, and you're building towards the big uh, tag match coming up at the end of this month. So I thought that was genius. Um, so you figured, okay, this is going to be the uh, basically the kiss of death for Ami. Sorry, this is what's going to put her down is this double team work from the number one contenders. Rena locks in the her version of the octopus stretch. It looks like Ami's going to tap out. Ami gets to the rope. So now you're going up and down on the emotional roller coaster. Now you're thinking, okay, Ami's going to come back out uh, through all these odds and get this win. She has her comeback, she's firing up, and then she gets caught back in the octopus, and then she taps out. It's not a roll-up, it's not, you know, um, obviously Momo and uh Momo and Torah did run the interference, but it wasn't that that, that did her in. It was the second uh, version or the second attempt. On the octopus stretch, I really liked the way that they finished up. I thought that was great. You saw the pure emotion of Rena. Uh, I had this at four stars. This was my favorite match of the show. And then afterwards, we see Lady C come out and challenge Rena. So we do have two title matches set for New Blood 9 next month. Rena defending the Artist Star Championship against Lady C. And uh, as we have mentioned before, the end of sisters taking on Starlight Kid and Karma for the New Blood Championship. Match number eight, uh, the main event. Again, you're putting star power on this match. Lover hater. I don't think there's any that really hates Tam Nakano as much as Rob kind of leans into that he doesn't. I think he loves Tam Nakano. But you had fake Tam versus real Tam here, and uh, I thought the uh, the buildup for this was funny. Uh, again, you're getting star power on this match. You're getting the big star. You're getting the world of stardom champion Tam Nakano on this loaded and free. You know, on YouTube New Blood show. I thought the uh, the fake Tam, I thought she did a good job doing all Tam stuff. But ultimately, this was just an entertaining match. This is just what it was. You weren't going to get Omega Okada. You're not going to get Steamboat Flare. It was just, it was fun. There was a one point in time where Tam was just really laying into fake Tam. And uh, way laying You're just beating her up on the outside. I believe there was a fake Nasa boy too. That was in fake Tam's corner. I thought that was really funny. Uh, She takes the, her fake red belt, rips it in front of her, eventually just beats her down. Um. Just almost like abusive. Tam. eventually it's a Twilight dream for the pinfall. It's fine. You know, three and three fourth stars. You know, it kind of reminded me of, again, I'm an wrestling fan a long, long time. Reminded me of SummerSlam 94, The Undertaker versus The Undertaker. Uh, and if anybody that knows that or looks back on it, they think it was like this corny thing that they did back in 94, but I was 12, 12 when that match happened. I thought it was the coolest thing. There was no, you know, if, if you didn't work for NASA, there was no internet. There was no really, the dirt sheets were out, but I'm just 12 years old. I wasn't subscribed to the Observer. So I thought it was really cool. You had this superpower Undertaker, you know, the, the dead man. And uh, he goes away at Royal Rumble 94 and the Casca match with Yokozuna. And then, you know, the million dollar man who brought the Undertaker in in 1990, you know, it's like, no, I have the Undertaker. And Paul Bear's like, that's not my Undertaker. So yeah, I know I'm going on a long, long way here. Uh, you know, so you had this really cool Undertaker vs. Undertaker story. When you're 12 years old, it's the coolest thing. Uh, that's what this kind of reminded me. You had to fake Tam and real Tam. It was funny. It was entertaining. I don't think you're going to be seeing this one run back for the World of Stardom Championship at a Cork and Hall. Uh, but uh, it was entertaining. What It was what it was. And overall, a super, super fun show. Folks, uh, let's get into the main event of the show. Um, for the 14th of May. Cork and Hall, Last Jumbo Princess, Himika's Retirement uh, Ceremony, which winds up being a retirement match. Um, this is the only match that was uploaded on Stardom World, so this is the only match I'm going to review. Sold out Cork and Hall, I believe it was 1,509 people, I think was reported. I know it was over fifty, a little bit over 1,500, but you can tell uh, just as soon as you hit the play button on this segment. There's not a seat in that house. Um, it's, it's an ass over eighteen inches. That's exactly what you want as a promoter. When we reviewed this show last week, we're like the card is kind of lackluster. Uh, it's stardom. It's going to be a great show, but for a Corkin it's kind of just a. It just it didn't really seem like there was going to be too many matches that you're really going to kind of go out of your way to see. And then we find out why this is literally. I'm sure the undercard, which I will watch when it comes up, I'm sure I will enjoy. I'm sure it's really good wrestling and stardom. It's the best roster in the world. It's the best wrestling company in the world. I'm sure it was a fantastic show. But what ultimately this show is going to be remembered for for a long, long time is this hour-plus segment of Himika's Retirement. Uh, Himika comes out. She's in the uh, the gown you know that she had for a retirement match with Micah. All of a sudden, Mina says, uh, no, you're going to be running a 30-person gauntlet. And I kind of got wind of this on Twitter, maybe about a few hours after this happened. And I was waiting for people to say, wait a minute, I, her retirement match was supposed to be good Micah at All-Star Grand Queendom. That's what I thought. I thought we'd get some of the haters, but there was, there was none of that. I was, there was none of that ever, you know, it's just nobody really said anything. They said, you know, good on her. And it's really, if you've seen this, this really wasn't a, a match. It was everybody, they had 30 wrestlers on the Stardom roster, well, some not on the Stardom roster. Basically having a minute in the ring to say goodbye to Himika. Some of the some of it wasn't even a match. uh. Like, for example, you take, like, Sayida. She came in, she posed, and then as soon as the minute time limit was up, she chopped Himika. And that was it. Like, everybody had their way of saying goodbye to her. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Like, yeah, she comes out in the dress, and then she's like, oh, you know, let me take off my dress. And she just magically happens to have her gear and her boots on and her knee pads like, oh, huh, what are the odds, right? As a wrestler, always come prepared, even on your last night. I, again, I kind of noticed as these uh, these mini-matches were happening, you know, that every match had a one-minute one, one minute time limit. Um, Aya Sakurai gets pinned. Hanako gets pinned one-two right in a row. Saeeda comes in. She does the pose yeah. off. They don't even touch until Saida chops her after the bell rings for the one-minute time limit. So I kind of figured, okay, everybody's going to go out there. She'll have maybe mini-matches here and there. Everybody's just going to take it easy and we're going to have this beautiful segment to say goodbye to Himika, Except for one person. I know that once Hazuki gets in there, she's not going to take it easy at all. As we always say, she's in fifth gear all the time. It's one of the many reasons why we love Hazuki. However, Hana, her uh, stablemate, decided that uh, Hana was eighth, Hazuki was tenth. I think Hana saw that on the run she was two before Hazuki so she decided to go on her own and her to be the first one to go 100 miles an hour on uh, on Himika. And you go back and watch it like as soon as Hana gets in the ring she does the judo throw from hell and almost drives Himika right through the canvas. And it's just so impressive because Himika is obviously one of the bigger uh wrestlers on the roster and Hana, you know, she's not you know that really big or that intimidating, but she gets that judo throw and the way she pops her hips so darn impressive. So darn impressive. Hana's just fantastic. Uh, then, uh, then after that, you have Koga come in, and of course we get the final bear dance. Then Hazuki comes in and just boots Himika right to the face, and then for the better part of the last thirty seconds, just rains down forearms on her as like she's knocked out, and the bell rings, and Hazuki's like all pissed off because she only had a minute of violence to inflict. I thought that was great, just adding on to the Hazuki. We love Hazuki. We love violence. Uh, ongoing story we have on here on the type of guest. Hazuki's just the best. Uh, then Amisori gets in there and she tries to pick up poor Himika. And she's out, uh, she, she's out. So Amisori really only does a handful of double chops because then her time's up. Um, and then Izumi comes in at 13, unlucky 13 for Himika. And how is she going to say goodbye to Himika, who's been in there, you know, for 13 minutes now, uh, is exhausted knowing that she's still got about, you know, almost another 20 to go. And uh, what does she do? How, what's her way to say goodbye to Himika? Let's have a race on top of Corkin Hall. Now, you have Azumi who's one of the fastest wrestlers in the world. And who's fresh. And your poor Himika was, you know, her adrenaline's up. Her adrenaline's down. You know, it's her retirement. She comes out at the big entrance. And then she just wrestled a, literally a dozen one-minute matches. And now it's like Azumi wants to race her on top of Corkin Hall. So they do the split screen. By the time Azumi is almost at the ring, poor Himika is only, like, at the top of Corkin Hall. And she decides... I'm just going to walk down. So as soon as she gets in her ring, Azumi gives her the Azumi Sushi. Himika kicks out and then she goes to the corner where Azumi tries to pull her out to pin her again. And poor uh, Himika is just exhausted. Um, eventually you get Saki Kashima comes in there right afterwards. She just rolls her up with the Kishi Sai, And then it turns into a uh, basically all of Awaito tie. just happened to draw the next numbers. And it's just Awaito tie doing the Awaito uh Korkenhaus style brawl. Momo Watanabe comes in. Natsuko Torres, Starlight Kid, Rina, Ruaka all come in and just pitch Himika into the chairs. Maybe it's a little colder on that floor, giving a little breather. Uh, from time to time, you did see Micah coming in giving her water. But I thought that was a cool little thing. You just had like five minutes of just uh, a way to type beating up poor Himika. What a way to say goodbye to her. Mayu comes in, and they don't have a match. She comes in, and she says, hey, let's play baseball. And uh, Mayu decides to be the pitcher and Himika is the batter, and uh, Daichi is the referee. And their very first pitch, Maia throws a little bit low, and it hits Daichi a little bit low as well. That was a great little segment. That was funny. Everybody was laughing. Cork and Hall popped. Uh, eventually, uh, as the time limit expires, Himika does hit her home run and gets to round the bases. Um, and then out that, Sherry comes in and just kicks the Bejesus out of Himika and then taps her out. Um, we get a really, really cool uh, spot uh, with Natsapoi. Um, obviously, you had their up and down relationship when they were part of my Hemi. Um, it looked like that they were gonna tease a breakup with the with the three of them, and then eventually they wind up winning that latter match. I think it was Tokyo Super Wars or Kawasaki Super Wars. It was sometime towards the end of the fall of last year, where they you know it seemed like they were uh, they were a rock, they were good to go, and then obviously in the summer of last year, Natsuboy Boy turns on Julia and Donald Del Mundo to join Tam Nakano and Cosmic Angels. And obviously the one that takes it the hardest is Himika because uh, that seemed like she was, that was they were probably her closest friend. And Donald Del Mundo, she seemed like she was hurt the most. And then as we saw, Natsapoya, these last six or seven months, her and Himika, they really had, they did a great job playing in that story on their multi-person tag matches. Uh, we saw them squash the beef a little bit on this Himika Retirement Road Tour. Uh, they did have the singles match, and then they had that really good tag match with Meltier versus My Himi as well. So you saw them squash the beef a little bit. Uh, the whole entire minute was the two of them, they slap each other for you, for a few times. And then Natsa Boy sits on Himika's knee like they did when they were part of Hemipoy, Part of Donald Mundell for the photo op as they run the time them out and they give a big hug. And uh, at that point, tears starting to come to Matt Turner's eye. Meena Shirakawa comes in and it's just basically a big hug fest. Uh, then we're getting towards our last few opponents. You have Julia coming in at number 29 of 30. Um, and, uh, the two of them slap each other for a few times, and then they hug, and when they hug, Julia basically pulls guard and lets Himika pin her for the one, two, three. I don't think Himika's ever gotten a pinfall win over Julia. Obviously, they were part of Donald Del Mundo together, um, but, um, when they were in Donald Del Mundo, Mike and Himika, if you remember, they were the goddess champions, and they did lose to Shuri and Julia, uh, the ALK sisters. So I don't think Himika ever got a, uh, proper pinfall over Julia and, uh, a good way to send her out. Pin her on a hug. You know, hug it out. Um, this leads into match number 30. The uh, final thing we will see is you see uh, Saya and Tommy both get in the ring saying, no, I want to be your last opponent. I want to be your last opponent. And then uh, him because like, well, I need a partner. And then everybody, I mean, worst kept secret, everybody knows what's going to happen. Uh, everybody starts chanting for Micah. Uh, they get in the ring. And uh, again, it's only a minute. It's a match. I would love to see them go 15, 20 minutes. Um, obviously a match that we will probably never get. I know it's wrestling, never say never. But um, they go about a minute, and they kind of tease more Saya and Yutami. Uh, break up there as the two of them, um, Saya hits the top rope splash onto Himika, and then uh, Yutami pulls her off because she wants to get the pinfall. Eventually, the bell rings, uh, the two of them not seeing eye to eye. We will. I said at the beginning of the podcast, bads come in threes. They don't come in fours. Do not please do not break up Aphrodite and Queen's Quest, which I don't think they're going to. Um, another story for another day. Uh, eventually, Himika is out of breath. We take a little break. The camera cuts. She comes back for her proper retirement ceremony, where we see all the factions coming in, uh, giving her gifts. Um, I was a big fan of Oweo Tai, basically giving her a T-shirt of uh, what Himika would look like if she was styled like Ken Watanabe. Ruaka, Tor, so on, and so forth. Basically, the avatars of all the members of a widow tie. And as much as I would, I want that shirt, and like to buy that shirt. I, I kind of the party kind of hopes that Star does not make that shirt. Kind of want that to be kind of a, a one one. Maybe the only person that should own it uh, should be Himika. Um, you saw Nene Takahashi come out. Uh, obviously, uh, Donald Del Mundo giving her loads and loads of gifts. So many flowers that poor Himika had to load uh, into her car or the back of the tour bus. Um Junakiyama comes out, which I did know because um, somebody tweeted at me. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of '90s All Japan. Uh, Junakiyama is obviously a huge staple of the King's Road style. Uh it, You know, in the '90s for All Japan, still working, working at a high rate now. But I was tipped off to that, and I forgot about it Um when they mentioned Junakiyama's name. Cork and Hall popped huge. Obviously, Junakiyama a huge influence on uh, Himika, uh, the jumbo knee that she does was passed from Jumbo Saruda, to Junakiyama, and Junakiyama taught it to uh, Tsuhimika. So I thought that was great. That was beautiful. Um, and uh, beautiful ceremony. It was fun. It was funny. We got a match. We had an over an hour plus ceremony. And I was, you know, there were some tears coming down old Matt Turner's face. I was really trying to uh, to keep it together. And then at the uh, the very end, they play uh, Let's Burn Some Fire on the dance floor, her theme song one last time. And uh, Donald Del Mundo, Julia May Sakurai, and Micah carry her out of the building, sold out Corican Hall. And uh, the last, yeah, they basically show... Um, all that group hugging right in the entrance way. Well, kind of be the exit way. Cause they're exiting that way. And that's when I, the tears started flowing, got a little dusty onions, as they say, dusty onions in the Turner household. Um, and then, uh, as they're going down the hallway, uh, basically all arm in arm, they show, uh, they show Natsupoy and Cam, you know, and Natsupoy is just so happy that uh, she kind of, you know, that's, that was the, well, uh, I mean, what a perfect ending of, of a fantastic career. Short career, but I think that's why we're just happy that they're able to bear their beef in front of the crowd. Like storyline wise, it's you know it's done and over with. And uh, the last, the jumbo princess, and boy, what a way to go out! I mean, we're, we can be talking about this retirement ceremony for years and years and years, and I and I hope this is we have time next week to get Rob's thoughts on it because I did tell him uh, again we recorded we recorded yesterday we record all the time and I did tell him I said make sure you before you go to bed that you have to watch this retirement ceremony because it's got to be the main event you know the main crux of our podcast for tomorrow and I do want to get Rob's thoughts on it and I can talk about it you know for hours and hours but just she announced her retirement she got this three-month run which doesn't happen often or really at all I mean look at some of the best retirement samories. Look at Ric Flair after WrestleMania twenty four. And I know obviously he came back to wrestling and he wrestled, you know, again just, you know, a handful of months ago at seventy some years old, which is still just, you know, crazy and God bless him. And and uh when he retired after Mania twenty four, he was very adamant that he didn't want to retire, that it's basically, you know, Vince kind of forcing him out and he still wanted to wrestle, but they gave him a great send off. But at the same time, just like Shawn Michaels two years later. They st- it was if they lost their match. If Ric Flair lost to Shawn Michaels at 24, he'd retire. Fast forward two years later, if Shawn lost to The Undertaker at 26, he would retire. So it's like you still, even though you kind of figured, okay, that's got to be their last match, there was still that possibility that wasn't going to be their last match. When Hemerick has said back in, I want to say February, when she announced her retirement, she's like, you know, this is going to be my last match with Micah. It's going to be on All-Star Grand, Queen- All-Star Grand Queendom. You know, it was the first match announced and the biggest show ever from stardom um and then she's laid out what she wanted to do um you know she's had great the great tag matches again mike and himica versus meltier mike and himica versus alk uh, which was the last you know my hemi match great match with mina ami sorry uh, ruwaka she wanted to do like a death match with prominence you know our hardcore match you know she got all that she had a great singles match with julia main event of the first night of um cinderella Tournament was her and they're like an eight nine minute barn burner so you had all these great matches that you had three months of the last jumbo princess and we're so fortunate that we got it she was still healthy like you look at like kenta Kabashi's retirement his neck and his knees were just shot and they did that final burning show which if you haven't seen the whole show is dedicated to kenta Kabashi and they sold out Corken hall like are not cork and hall excuse me budokan hall which is you know a very famous venue that They ran in the, the 90s for all Japan. You know, I don't know, it was like 15, 16,000. And you know, how do you have when you have that legendary career like Kabashi, how do you have like a fight? Like, who do you pick for your final opponents and final teammates? And you kind of had the new newer generation, the older generation there. Obviously, Masawa passed away uh, a few years prior. Kawada just walked away from wrestling, so you couldn't have those two staples. So the fact that you did have her, and I will say her final match was the match with, with Micah. I mean, that's her final match. But this was just a 30-minute exhibition. Everybody had one minute to say goodbye to her. And I just thought that was beautiful. I thought the way that Stardom did it couldn't have been any better. And considering the fact that Himika, she's great. You know, we all love her. But she never was like a huge, huge star for the company. She never held the red belt. She never held the white belt. Even the goddess run with her and Micah two years ago was probably ended a lot sooner than we we, we wanted to. But, you know, it kind of made sense. You know, Sherry and Julie were kind of the... Uh, a hot team at the time, but I guess it just goes to show how much respect and love Stardom in the locker room has for Himika, and probably always will. She was only there under three years. She was only a wrestler for five years, and for Stardom, again the best, my opinion, hands down, the best wrestling company in the world, the hottest wrestling company in the world, the second biggest wrestling company in Japan, and I think the fourth or fifth biggest wrestling company in the world. For them to give her like that three months end off that they did. It's perfect. I mean, I don't think anybody could have written any better. You know, if you were to, you know, ask any writer, booker, promoter, any quote-unquote expert on stardom, you know, can you write out a better two and a half, three months for Himika to finish her career? I don't think anybody could have come up with that. Again, the matches she had, the Hashimoto match, the matches she had uh, were all just great. She really, she didn't dog anything. She left nothing in the tank. That final match with, with, with Micah was absolute stellar. And just to finish with Micah saying, no, keep fighting, and then hitting her with the shoot headbutt, and then two Mijinoku drivers, and then the two of them kind of walking arm in arm off that giant stage in Yokohama Arena. Um, and then we have this where I thought it was just gonna be a retirement ceremony, but just it was a 30-minute exhibition match, and then just afterwards she goes back, puts the dress on, and you just have the legends that come out and the in the factions come out giving her literally giving her flowers and gifts, and then uh, like I said, just it broke me up a little when, uh, they carried, Donald Del Mundo carried her out, and then uh, when they get to the entranceway at Cork and all, they have one last team hug, and, uh, that was it. Goodbye for the Jumbo Princess. I hope that, I think we all do, and Himrika doesn't owe this to anybody. No wrestler owes this to anybody. Um, I hope we see more of her. I hope we see her maybe from time to time, maybe helping out, like, with the booking, or coming in, maybe doing some, uh, some of the, uh, the broadcast, you know, guest announcer in some of these bigger shows, I'd love to see her back, maybe from time to time, like, maybe if they brought her in for, uh, not announcer, commentator, or announcer, we'll take that too, but she did, like, the commentator, like, they, you know, how they bring, like, Liger and, like, Nagata in from time to time, maybe they'll bring her on, like, night one of the five-star, the final of the five-star as a commentator, as we saw, like, New Japan do with Chono, that's something I would love to see. Again, she does not owe anything to anybody, but um obviously this is the last we'll see of the jumbo princess uh as an in-ring competitor and literally the beyond perfect way for her to go out. Um we will obviously have uh you know we we will we will talk about her often in glowing terms on this podcast. As always, if you ever want to talk to me about anything or uh well, you just want to just reflect back on the, the fantastic short, but yet fantastic career She did so much in such little time of uh, one Himica, You know how to get hold of me, folks. And I think that is probably the best way to end this show. So let's end this one. Uh, this one we did keep under two hours. So uh, how about that? Because it's just because it was just me. Uh, Rob was here. Who knows how long this would have went on. But uh, folks, thank you so much for bearing with me. Uh, thanks so much for just hanging with me on this one man show for this week. Again, we will be back next week. Uh, we will be previewing the Flashing Champions pay per view, and uh, we will be loading up what we are doing for our fantastic Patreon members over at the Stardom Cast for the month of June. If You want to get a hold of me? Any questions, comments, suggestions? Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to shoot me an email, by all means, you can do that. The Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via the email. Folks, we cannot say thank you enough for all the fantastic reviews that we've been getting. Please keep those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts coming. Really helps with the algorithm out. Helps get this podcast out, which in turn helps get out the world of stardom. And the uh, the world and word of stardom as well. Uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate all the uh great positive comments that i've been getting literally on a daily basis it means the world to us like i always say folks just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different everybody's special thanks again have a great day a great night